0: Good morning and welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to have you join us this morning, whether from our drive-in service or on Facebook Live or calling in on our uh, phone number that you can dial in to listen to the service. For those of you who are joining us via drive-in, could I get a couple of car honks so I know you can hear us okay? Awesome, thank you guys so much. Um, I have uh, one quick announcement. uh, prayers uh, have been asked for uh, Raymond Schrock's family. Uh, he passed away uh, the other day, and so uh, he's a member in our in the community. He's not a member of our church, but he is well known by I think many of you, um, and his family is uh, obviously struggling during this time. So, um, if you would please keep them in your prayers, in addition to. Um, All the others that we keep in our prayers. Uh, We also have our board meeting uh, Thursday, which we will do via zoom and I will be sending out that information uh, Early this week. Do we have
1: any other announcements? Um, I just on behalf of the outreach committee uh, We want to thank you for the donations this Thursday we will be taking food donations to brick Elementary School. That is our central distribution place for all families that need food. We'll also be going to Bishop, who continue to need sanitary, uh, sanitizing wipes, uh, hand sanitizer, Kleenex, uh, erasable markers. We invite all of you to be shoppers. Uh, If you don't want to do shopping, but want to support our outreach committee, money can be deposited in the envelope, in the offering, or it can be mailed to us. We appreciate all the support, and that's it.
0: Okay, let's get on to worship.
1: Okay, at this time, I invite you to join me in the call to worship on this Valentine's Day. The glory of God shines like Like a consuming consuming fire. fire. We have seen the glory of God in
0: in the face of Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. The voice of God thunders like Like a a mighty mighty storm. storm. Out of the cloud, God speaks.
0: This This is is my my beloved beloved son, Son. listen Listen to to
1: him. him. Our opening hymn this morning is printed in your bulletin. It's called Shine, Jesus, Shine. Shall we continue our worship this morning by reading together our opening prayer? Holy Holy and mighty mighty God,
0: gather gather us among among your faithful faithful ones, the people people of your covenant, covenant, to to stand in the light of your glory and listen for the word of the Lord, Lord, Jesus Christ our Savior.
1: Amen. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is Hail to the Lord's Anointed. It's printed in your bulletin.
0: If you would please join me now in our prayer of illumination. Speak to us, O Lord our God, and let the fire of your Spirit burn brightly in our hearts. Open our minds to receive the wisdom of the law, the hope of the prophets, and the life of the Gospel. Jesus Christ, your living word.
1: Amen. Our first scripture morning scripture reading this morning is taken from the Old Testament 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 and I will be reading from the New International version When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Galal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Elisha said, Yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho came up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Elisha replied, yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Elisha replied, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, you have asked a difficult thing. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen are of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God.
0: God. The God who speaks and summons the earth into being now speaks to us, calling us to offer up our lives as a sacrifice of praise. If you would please join me in our doxology. God, we give you thanks for the light of love around us and the fire of faith within us as we go forth from this place that our lives reflect the one who is the image of your glory, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. If you would please join me now in a continued attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this cold winter morning full of the warmth and fire of our faith, our hearts have been strangely warmed through the grace and love and sacrifice of your Son, our Savior, and the power of your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks for these gifts as well as all of the blessings you bestow upon us in our lives. We also come to you with everything in prayer as you taught us. We lift up those who are suffering today those who are in need of healing, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally, whatever challenge may lie before them, God, we lift them to your hands and ask for your care and your healing touch. We also pray that you would continue to guide the hands and the efforts of the doctors, the nurses, the surgeons, the lab technicians, the research scientists, and so many more, Who work in the healing and health care process God we give you thanks and thank them for their sacrifice and all that they do to help heal your creation we also lift up prayers of thanks and appreciation for all of those who work so hard to keep us safe in this world for our men and women who serve in our armed forces and military For our police and firefighters and our first responders and so many more. God, we ask that you would guard their hearts, inspire them in their words and actions, and keep them safe from danger. We also pray that those who are serving far away from home and their loved ones might be able to return home soon and we could begin to see an end to conflict around this globe. God we also lift up all of the countries and people of the world as we continue to go through this time of pandemic and stresses seem to arise so much faster there is anger confusion hatred controversy and Lord we know that your truth is ultimately the only truth that can guide us through this time. We ask that you would touch our hearts and our minds, that we would see your truth of love and grace, that we would see one another the way you see us as your beloved children, all equal and worthy of being of mercy and grace and love. Help us to love one another. Help us to find ways to connect stronger with one another, even despite the social distancing, and other medical requirements we face during this time of pandemic. Let us show our love for one another by following those rules, by being safe, by working to help everyone to be safe and healthy and loved. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly on our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, temptation, but but deliver deliver us us from from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the the glory glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. God alone is righteous. God alone is perfect. God alone is judge. Yet this holy, righteous God comes to us in love to save us. Rejoicing in God's grace, let us confess our sin. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. God of all glory, beauty, and grace, we have tried to hide from you, to hide our faces, to hide our sin. Yet you have never hidden your love for us. We have tried to search for you in temples, in clouds, on mountaintops, Yet you have already revealed yourself to us in the face of Jesus Christ. Forgive us and transform us so that our lives may shine with your glory, beauty, and grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Hear these words, our God comes and does not keep silence. God speaks to us with grace and love and saying, you are my beloved child. This is the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: At this time, we'll continue our service by repeating together our affirmation of faith we believe in one god the father Father, the the almighty Almighty, maker of heaven heaven and earth and of all that that is seen and unseen we believe in in one lord jesus Jesus christ the the only son of
0: god eternally begotten begotten of the the father god God from God, from god light from light
1: who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy, universal, and apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the, and the life, life of, of the world, world to come, come. Amen. amen our next scripture this morning is from the new testament second corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 to 6 And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory that is displayed in the face of Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Our next hymn, which is also printed in your bulletin, is Be Thou My Vision.
0: Our third scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. This section is titled, The Transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses who were talking with Jesus then Peter said to Jesus rabbi it is good for us to be here let us make three dwellings one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah he did not know what to say for they were terrified then a cloud overshadowed them and from the cloud there came a voice this is my son the beloved Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Reveal your presence to us this day, O God, of lights, love, and glory, as you did to your servants at the foot of the mountain. Send your spirit to show us your story. May the brilliance of your face illuminate this place as we dare to proclaim your word, and may we, your people, be never unable to tell all of that we have heard. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is Transfiguration Sunday. It sounds like a big deal, doesn't it, with that big word, transfiguration. But what is transfiguration? Transfiguration. What is Transfiguration Sunday all about? Our third scripture from the Gospel of Mark, the ninth chapter, tells us the story of when Jesus took Peter and James and John with him to the top of a high mountain where he is transfigured, according to the passage. Verse three says, his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. In Matthew's Gospel, the corresponding passage in telling the story says that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And then Moses and Elijah, two of the greatest prophets for the people, they appear and they are talking with Jesus. And the three disciples are so amazed at what they are seeing peter offers to build three shrines or dwellings to honor jesus and moses and elijah and then this booming voice from the cloud says this is my son the beloved listen to him and the disciples are terrified and verse 8 says suddenly when they looked around they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus and then they proceed to head back down the mountain now I'm not really sure that that really explains exactly what happened here I don't think it fully lays out what transfiguration means but that might be okay you see Barbara Brown Taylor an American Episcopal priest professor, author, theologian, and preacher actually advises against talking about the transfiguration of Jesus. Part of her argument for this is a reminder that neither Jesus nor the three disciples who were with him talked about it. Jesus tells his disciples in verse 9 not to tell anyone what happened there until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Jesus told the three disciples not to tell anyone about what they had seen until after the resurrection. In a way, he was asking them to keep a secret. Although this was not the first or last time that Jesus would ask one of his disciples or other followers to not tell others about certain things until a later time. So in keeping with this focus of keeping a secret, a question comes to my mind. Have any of you ever tried to keep a secret about something out of the ordinary that happened? Now for those of you who have, you know that it's not very easy. But in this case, the three disciples may have pulled it off. I mean, yes, eventually the story did get out as we have it here in our scripture readings. So someone spilled the beans at some point. But what Taylor suggests in her argument against talking about the transfiguration of Jesus is to not attempt to try to give some reasonable explanation of what happened on that mountain. And I think I understand where she's coming from. After all, the strange things tend to happen on mountain tops in Scripture. It seems that When the bible tells us that someone is going up on an amount uh, up into a mountain an epiphany is about to happen there one thing though that i believe that we can take away from this section of scripture is the truth that we all need mountaintop experiences those are sacred moments The ones when God's presence comes near to help assure us or, in some cases, maybe challenge us. In the case of Peter, James and John, they were assured that in their leaving everything they knew to follow Jesus, they were on the right track. They were on the right track despite the moments of doubt or the pushback from the religious authorities of that time. And there are definitely times when we need those sacred moments, specifically the ones when God's presence comes near to help assure us. There will always be those moments when the questions arise in our minds. What was I thinking when I agreed to sign on to work for justice and reconciliation? Can this ever work in such a divided and hostile world as ours? But then, in some remarkable way, forgiveness is offered, a corner is turned, or maybe a roadblock removed, and God's peaceable kingdom comes near. The truth is, there is no humanly understandable logical explanation for the way God's power works. Now, there is a manuscript written by a monk from the 6th century, and in it, this monk suggests that there is, in fact, a miracle in the story of the transfiguration of Jesus that often seems to be ignored. The monk points out that when the disciples see Jesus seeming to change, what is actually happening is that their eyes are being opened, and they are seeing a new reality. And the monk claims that it was revealed to the disciples that the way of Jesus was God's way in the world. Now this viewpoint definitely, I think, helps explains. Uh, what we see in different uh, tellings and different gospel stories of what goes on here. In Matthew, they says, Hearing this, the disciples fall on their faces and are filled with awe. I mean, the one whom they had been following, this Jesus, had the power to transform them into agents of God's love and justice and to heal a broken world. And I'll be honest, I really think that this 6th century monk was on to something. We have stories of Jesus making the blind see again. And here, here Jesus opens the eyes of the three disciples that they might see the whole truth of who he was. Not just to them, but who he was to the whole world, both human and divine. But fear still raises its head one more time. Jesus understands that we are fearful creatures. That it is not, that's not unknown to God. God knows us better than we know ourselves. We see proof of this as again and again Jesus says not to be afraid and to not let our hearts be troubled in scripture. When we look at our fears, we can see how some of them grow out of the Precarious nature of life. I mean, despite our arrogance, we do not really know what is coming towards us tomorrow. It could be a storm, a frightening person, a terrifying medical diagnosis, or even tragic and damaging news. The truth is that fear can dominate our lives. Fear can stop us right in our tracks and envelop us completely. All you need to do is turn on the evening news for five or ten minutes to be inundated with the frightening reality of the world in which we live. But it doesn't have to be that way. Because we need to remember that this kind of fear is addressed with the promise that nothing, and I mean absolutely positively nothing, anywhere, anytime, can ever separate us from God's steadfast and unconditional love. Nothing can do that. You know, I really believe that there is a different kind of fear that may overcome the disciples at the transfiguration that day. These three had their eyes opened to this new reality that God is bringing about in Christ. And they were afraid. And that was okay because encounters with the presence and purpose of God can be frightening. Let's be honest. Things may not be running smoothly when we are at the controls. But the truth is that God is really running things, and that means that we are not. And that also means that we may never really know what to expect. We can never be 100% sure just what God may be up to. We can never be 100% sure what God might call us to do. And that can bring about fear. What if God is calling us to well, dare I say it, but, but to talk to people about our faith in Jesus. Or what if God is setting in place the pieces of a new ministry opportunity that God wants us to take the lead on? And it's not just us who may be in fear. Not just all of us sitting in the pews, or rather really in your cars or couches, as it were or me standing up here preaching, don't think it is ever just you. There have been many times in my life that I was fearful of just what was God planning. Mostly because it meant change. And in some cases, big change. A lot of times too, it meant giving up control or at least my perceived sense of control. What about someone like Martin Luther King, Jr.? I am sure there were many times in the struggle to bring an end to racial injustice that he too was afraid. He faced many things that would cause most people fear, including attack dogs, fire hoses, people throwing rocks, and angry crowds that were incredibly dangerous and frightening. But late one night, as he sat alone at the kitchen table, King heard what he would call an inner voice that was telling him to do what he thought was right. And from that point on, King knew that the hand of the Lord was upon him. That gave him the courage to face whatever might be ahead. God was moving through him to set his people free. So God gives us these mountaintop experiences that are transformative. These mountaintop moments change the very way we see the world and change the very way we see ourselves. You see, business as usual or everyday life or normal life, those things are no longer possible after you have seen the vision of God's good future revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And that's because these experiences give us confidence in the presence and power of God's steadfast and unconditional love that endures forever. These experiences sustain us through trials and tribulations and we are never, ever, ever left alone. In between the time that Jesus was baptized by his cousin John and his journey to the cross, Jesus and these three disciples had an epiphany. And after that point, the lives of those disciples, Peter, James, and John, they were never, ever the same. The transfiguration signaled that a new day was on the way in Jesus. It signaled that God was moving towards the beloved community than Martin Luther King Jr. had preached about and died for. The message here is clear. God is about the business of bringing hope and of healing to a broken world. Now, I can't speak for everyone else, but I can safely say that this is the most broken I think I have ever seen our world in my short lifetime. And I acknowledge that I have not walked this earth as long as others. I have not uh, lived through all of the world's history um, and everything has gone on to provide any real proof of this feeling, this belief. But this is a broken world. We can see that not just in our own country, but far beyond our borders. Conflict is continuing to break this world. But here's the thing. When your eyes are open to God's good future, once that has happened, then you can't go back. It cannot be undone. However, you can go back down the path to be a healing presence to those who are hurting. To work for justice and peace and to offer hope. The truth is that people are hungry. They are hungry to experience this good news. And while we may not be able to always fully explain or even fully understand this transfiguration story, we do something else we can tell people about the power and purpose of God in Jesus Christ to make all things new. So this week, I'm asking you to take some time. Think about some practical ways that you can go back down the path to be a healing presence to those hurting, or to work for justice and peace, or to offer hope. I want you to think about practical ways that you can help feed that hunger that people have to experience the good news. Jesus told his disciples several times in scripture to not tell others about some of the things he had done, things they had witnessed, at least not until a later time. Well, that time has come. Let us go out there and tell the world. Amen. If you would join me for our closing hymn number 585, This Little Light of Mine, and the words we are going to use are what's here, but the tune is not the one in the hymnal. It'll hopefully be one that's a little more familiar. Beloved children of God, now go and tell the good news. The Lord of life and light is with us. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The very face of God shines upon you with beauty, blessing, and peace. Alleluia. Amen. Have a blessed week, and remember always, God loves you.